KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. Welcome back. I'm Jade Hindman, and you are listening to KPBS Midday Edition. You know, for many, Halloween is just an evening of trick-or-treating. But in one L.A. County neighborhood, there's a two-block stretch known as Horror Row. It draws people looking to keep things spine-tingling year-round. From KCRW, Megan Jamerson reports. Even before the Mystic Museum opens at 11 a.m. on a Saturday, there's a crowd of at least a dozen people waiting. Elizabeth Williams is one of them. She has burgundy red hair and the Bride of Frankenstein tattooed on her forearm. I mean, I grew up reading Stephen King and Goosebumps, and Are You Afraid of the Dark was on Nickelodeon, and so we kind of grew up, I think, in an era where it was fun to be scared. At Horror Row, you can buy costumes, decorations, and horror-themed cookbooks. Some of these places have been around for decades. Believe it or not, for a lot of people, it is a lifestyle. It is what they do, it's what they love, and it's what they enjoy. That's Jaleel Gardner, the store manager at the Mystic Museum. He says these fans are no different than sports or music fanatics. His favorite horror movie is the campy 1983 slasher, Sleepaway Camp. Customers come to the Mystic Museum for books on witchcraft, 80s slasher film memorabilia, and Victorian oddities. Think taxidermy and real human skeletons. There's also a display of dozens of vintage Ouija boards and a Zoltar fortune-telling machine. Zoltar speaks. And horror can be more than just frivolous fright. Psychologists know that some people feel happier after a scare. Others find horror help them cope with real-life anxieties. For example, researchers at a lab in Denmark who study the fun of fear found that horror fans were better able to cope with the stress of the COVID-19 pandemic. Plus, here's another reason horror deserves our attention. Horror is a, is a great way to express what's going on in society. Del Howison isn't a sociologist, but he holds a lot of cred in the horror industry. He and his wife, Sue Howison, opened Burbank's first horror shop, a bookstore called Dark Delicacies. And they can count big names like Academy Award-winning filmmaker Guillermo del Toro amongst their fans. Here is all your receipts. Del Howison is making a sale, as he has for almost 30 years. He has long white hair and is wearing a black t-shirt with a goat skull and pentagram design. He points to monster movies from the late 50s to show what he means about horror and social anxiety. Anyway, that's the first time he got into the genre. Here he was at the movies as a kid without his parents, watching the 1958 supernatural horror film, The Case of the Faceless Man. hiding behind your hands, but peeking through them. It was fun. Those monster films were using the fear of the other. American culture at the time was all about conformity. And if you didn't fit the norm, the message was clear, says Howison. You don't really fit in with us, so there's something wrong with you. 
And then you don't know that you're being indoctrinated into that because it's just everyday life. Fast forward to his adulthood, and he also sees a connection between the HIV and AIDS epidemic and the rise of vampire stories. And after 9-11 and the news images of survivors of the collapse of the World Trade Center, zombie stories took off. And now we just had the, the plague, and you're seeing a lot of plague stories. When he started the store, he wasn't sure if enough people would be into it. He still remembers the first author signing where they drew a crowd, and he thought to himself, Oh my gosh, there really are other idiots that like this stuff as much as I do. We've been around long enough that I think they kind of have a feel that this is their clubhouse. A clubhouse for the fun of fear. That was KCRW's Megan Jamerson reporting from Burbank. And back here in San Diego, a group of local friends and volunteers have been putting on a backyard Halloween hunt for decades. In years past, the outside of a ranch-style home has been transformed into Dracula's castle, the execution room of a prison, the site of an alien autopsy and subsequent abduction, a monastery devoted to Cthulhu, even the cantina from Star Wars. The mastermind behind this endeavor is KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando. Here she is, along with haunt script writer Kevin Walsh, talking about what it takes to put on a successful Halloween hunt. This started a long time ago when uh, my ex-husband used to love to build tunnels out of two-by-fours and plastic tarp and duct tape. And that was the foundation of all our early haunts. And this was all fueled by the idea that we loved to scare kids and to have a kid run from your house screaming and preferably dropping their candy bag on the way is the true sign of a successful home haunt. One of my favorite stories is we had these two young teenage girls who came and said, is there any way that we could work at your haunt? We live down the street. And we were doing a demented Santa that year. So that meant we had two buckets, one for naughty, which had body parts, and one for nice, which had the chocolate bars, if you were good. So um, we said, sure, if you want to help, you could be elves. And so they were the screeching elves who just terrified kids who were coming up. And I compliment them at one point, and I said, wow, you're doing a really good job. And they said, oh, Miss Beth, we came here when we were like three years old, and you scared the crap out of us. And we want, we've just been waiting to come back and do it to someone else. So I know that I may have scarred some children, but I think, you know, I mean, the haunt is kind of like Scooby-Doo when you were a kid. Like, you knew it was safe. You knew that in the end, somebody was going to get unmasked and... You know, but on the way there, you would be a little bit scared because you weren't sure what was happening. And I think everybody kind of knows that when you go to a haunt, you may get scared, but it's within certain parameters. I write the haunt. Um, I, I, I write the script. I, I direct the artistic elements of it, I guess. Regarding the structure of the haunt, it's, it's an interesting exercise because we know we have a particular space that we're working with, with particular dimensions, and it's always structured in a way that people have to enter and exit. 
from the same spot. So within those parameters, we, we try to build a narrative. Our radar, negative contacts. All clear above the M spectrum. Very well, doctor, what are we looking at? Oh wow, we've got four organs of indeterminate purpose. Sir, this is like no biology I've ever seen. And then from there, it's like, what, what sort of iconic elements can we conjure from whatever uh, you know theme we're playing it's on? Huge My God, it's another ship! What, where? Right above us! And try to make four maybe moments that we can hit people with, and hopefully escalate to the point where there's a big thing they don't expect, and send them out. They're already here. <laughs> The idea is, is it has to be a punchline and a real hit so that you have no option but to run out is the idea. So like we had Cthulhu coming out of my pool with tentacles built out of, you know, pool noodles. And, you know, I had a friend who's a sound designer who's worked on Spider-Man movies who created the sound of the earth cracking open. And then uh, one of my son's friends was a DJ. And so he brought these massive speakers so you could feel like the earth rumble when it would crack open. We had tentacles that fell on people and you know that was a moment when that suddenly comes out and then you have the haunt people also screaming saying get out get out and then you usher them out well that's gonna make some kids crying we hope so right that's the goal, that's the goal. make children cry <laughs> that is we do goal. sound like a sick are you recording this yeah i hope that's okay uh-oh what Children children cry. The, this is the third time it's been said, so I don't think there's any secret that that is the main no. goal here. That we love to make yeah, children no, cry. I necessarily want to make them cry. Run yes, screaming from the house. One of our simplest gags, all we had was we had a mad scientist and a monster on a chain. Monster was in the back of the room, and the kids would come to the door, they would be a little hesitant, and the mad scientist would say, don't worry, the monster can't cross this line. And the kids would step right up, take the candy bar, and of course the monster would cross the line and run out. Simplest gag in the world. And kids would scream like crazy. And part of that one was we broke a trust. We betrayed them. And they don't expect that. You know, they come to the door, they expect the adult who's there to be telling them the truth. And then when you don't, it's scary. Did you feel bad about that? No. <laughs> Like I said, I mean, I'm sure there's a few kids who's been, who've been scarred, but you know, I do get other feedback. I, we did a carnival at the school once and this little kid came through and I was taking a break at the back of the haunt and he came by cause I knew him outside of that. And he was like, Miss Beth, Miss Beth. And he had this Power Ranger costume on the head, like a little apron in the front and he lifted it up and he goes, Miss Beth, I peed my pants. I was so scared. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. And he says, it's okay. I went through again. And so, like, yeah, he was scared, but obviously he was scared in such a way that it, it entertained and made him happy, and he came through again. It is hard to describe because um, 
when you say I'm going to help someone with a Halloween haunt, you get a whole spectrum of, of thoughts that come into people's heads. They imagine a full house where people are going through a house. A lot of people do mazes, you know, with people who just jump out, wooga booga type of thing. Um, and what we do here is just a little bit different. You know, we try to give them kind of a, a narrative, a story to bring them through. Um, and yet it is very much just like this thing my friend does in her yard, you know, and it's not professional. Everybody's volunteering their time. So the wall reveals you. Get him off me. Oh, God, stop it. Get it. Yeah. There's 300 people that, you know, line up outside and we do it 30 times in a night. So um, I, I don't know how to describe that, really. It's a sort of its own thing. You know, anybody who wants to perform or put on a show or make a movie, it's the audience reaction that you're doing it for. And so with a haunt, it's a very immediate and clear-cut reaction. A haunt that we do is probably like a five-minute show. And if you succeed, people run from your house screaming. If you fail, they're just kind of lingering around in your back lo backyard looking at you wondering, like, what just happened. Thank you, that made it totally worthwhile. <laughs> we definitely try to bring the people into it immersively as part of the design. Let's move in Everyone here, it's a big in. delegation, let's, let's keep moving, let's keep moving. Let's get up there. Leave me my security buffer up there by the gurney, I don't want anybody getting any kind of funky alien virus on my watch. Part of it is because there are absolutely people for whom that in, its, in and of itself is a fear, and so, making them uncomfortable <laughs> helps all around. You you get a sense of it from year to year. You get a sense of it over the course of a night. You see different people who are performing in the haunt. You just sort of hone in. Like, they know precisely the person to pay attention to who's going to be the most uncomfortable to have attention paid to them. And then that just makes it more fun for that whole group. Um, and so we try to design as much stuff like that in the story. I mean, there are things that you discover over the course. Like, when we did the Cthulhu haunt, just part of this bit I did at the beginning, the greeter bit, I slapped the gate at one point to just make it you know, emphasize a point. And three people jumped. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be slapping the gate every time now. And then in subsequent haunts, the greet had kind of a slap the gate moment in it because there'll always be someone who jumps at that. Now more people are coming. No, you can't go any further. It's not safe. You understand? It's not safe. My friend Harley passed through these doors hours ago. And we've had people who just... They just, nope, they just left right at that moment. So, which is great. I think I count that as a win, even though they don't see the rest of the haunt. We've achieved our goal. I would consider myself antisocial and probably a misanthrope. So, um, you know, just engage, like chit-chat is probably the most terrifying thing to me. You know, going into work and having a coworker say, how was your weekend is... Probably the, the the worst kind of interaction I can imagine. So you've got, oh, that's eyeballs. There's fingers, and fingers. And eyeballs. There's hands, more and various, eyeballs and fingers. Various states of decay. Yes, there are also that. Well, there's a loose finger. Ooh, a heart. There's a heart. Oh, that's cool. Whoa! We're gonna make jelly. <laughs>
I do this because I, I, I love horror, you know. Uh, Beth's a very good friend. Um, we, we bond a lot over our shared love of movies and horror in particular. Um, this is just a great group of people. And so, that I, you know, there's also the frustrated performer in me from the, the years ago when I was, uh, you know, would do improv comedy and stuff. And it's like, okay, so I get to do a little acting and scare people. And you just, uh, it's fun. I mean, it's such a rush and people appreciate it. They seem to have a good time. What more could you ask, you know? That was Kevin Walsh and KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando talking about their backyard Halloween haunt in San Diego. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. <laughs> 